Greetings this morning as you join us at Calvary Chapel Valdosta for the last Sunday of the year 2019. Pastor Deshaun Van Cleve will deliver a special message of hope. Today's sermon is entitled, And the Word of God Increased, found in Acts 6-7. Now, here's the word of the Lord. 2019, soon to be in the past. 2020, we're right on the door right on the doorstep of this new year. And what does it have to bring? What does it have to offer? What is it that the Lord uh, will speak to us about, use us in? What will the Lord do? We know that when we were leaving 2018 into 2019, uh, it was all about He makes all things new. And when you think of a new year, you think of just new opportunities. And you think of a new year, you think of uh, there's new doors, new chances, a new start. And I was thinking about 2020, having had some time off over this past week or so, and just really thinking about it. And it's something that has been reverberating in my heart for about the past two months. And um, something that goes along with the vision for Calvary Chapel here, which is to, to go after sheep without a shepherd and not just people that don't have church homes, but you know, people that are astray from the good shepherd, the chief shepherd of our souls. And, and just thinking about that remedy, that thing that has been constantly on my mind towards this year's end. That's what I want to talk about today. And so would you turn over with me to Acts chapter 6? We're going to look at verse 7. In fact, we will be in the book of Acts this morning in two other places in addition to Acts chapter 6. But if you would stand with me that we can give honor to the word of God to read this verse. And then we'll pray and see, what is this message, this thing that God wants to do for 2020? What is this thing that we should pray for, that we should meditate on for 2020? Acts chapter 6, verse 7, it says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Lord, we thank you for this word this morning. I pray that you would give us clarity, Lord, that you would disentangle our thoughts. And that, Lord, we might see clearly the words that your spirit wants to speak to us and communicate to us today. Lord, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. Oh, but we endeavor to be doers of the word, to put it into practice, Lord, to make application of it, to live on it, to live in it. So I pray that you help us to do that this morning and that you would bless us and that the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit would be present among us. Lord, we would just relish time spent in your presence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And the word of God increased. That's the title of our morning's message. The word of and the word of God increased. I believe that this is the message for us for 2020. With the word of God increasing. As it says here in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, that the word of God increased. I thought about that and said, what does that mean? What does it mean that the word of God increased? I tried to practically fit it in my mind and dissect it, but I, I couldn't naturally understand this statement. How does the word of God increase? I began to try to look a little bit deeper. I even went and tried to explore the meaning of the Greek word here for increase. And I came across uh, another phrase, that the word of God became great, but still I could not understand fully. What is it that the scripture is trying to communicate to me? As I read this, the word of God increased. The word of God became great. And I began to think about the influence that God's word has in my life and in our lives and the influence that God wants it to have in everyone. We know from the text in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it tells us that the word of God is active. It is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to pierce even the innermost thoughts. We know from Isaiah 55 that it says that the word of God goes forth when God sends it and it accomplishes what he prescribed for it to do. It's working. It's living. It's moving. It's creating. It's generating hearts and passion and a desire for the Lord. And so I'm thinking about this idea of the word of God increasing, becoming greater and greater until this is all that we can point back to. This is the only solution that we can find for our lives, for our problems, for direction, for wisdom. It's God's word. And gang, we need it to increase in us more and more. In Mark chapter 6, when the Lord Jesus saw all the people and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, do you know what he did? He didn't feed them regular food. He didn't give them clothes to wear. He did not meet the natural need first. No, it says that he taught them. He taught them the word. That's what they needed. That is the thing that needed to increase, to become greater, to have a greater influence in their lives. I heard a story about a pastor who uh, told an old joke about Bible ignorance in one of his sermons. And in this story, he, someone asked the question, um, someone was asking, what are the epistles? I said, what are the epistles? And the answer received was, they were the wives of the apostles. That's what someone said. The epistles were the wives of the apostles. 
this pastor relates that, however, after the sermon, a woman asked, it was just meant to be a joke. This woman came up and asked and said, Pastor, I didn't get the joke. If they weren't the wives of the apostles, then whose wives were they? I think the idea behind that was to show that there's a level of ignorance among us today where people don't even know the basics of the scripture, where we are lost with the elementary things that pertain to salvation and living out our lives for the Lord. We are living in one of the most Bible illiterate times. People don't know the scriptures. The scriptures are our source of life. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39, you search the scriptures thinking that they give you life, but they are the things that point to me. But people don't want Jesus today. People don't desire the Lord. And people don't desire his word. This is why we need the word of God to increase in our lives. Listen, let 2020 be the year of increase of the word of God. Where it becomes greater and greater in your life and in my life. In which we rely upon it as sustenance. As our food spiritually. That we can't go one day without it. Lest we become malnurtured. We need it that way. We need to crave it. Like how the scriptures tell us in 1 Peter chapter 2, as newborn babes crave the sincere milk of the word. We need that. We're moving into this new decade. What is this new decade to bring? Let it bring an insatiable desire for God's word. Three times in the book of Acts is this phrase uttered. The word of God increased. It is used slightly different in other locations, and we're going to go there. Acts chapter 12, verse 24 says that the word of God grew and multiplied. Acts chapter 19, verse 20, it says that the word of God grew mighty and prevailed. The word of God. And there was something about the early church and something about their reliance and dependence upon the word of God. In fact, you could even see it there in Acts chapter 1 with Peter because it, it says that he rose up in Acts chapter 1 and he began to explain to the rest of the group that were meeting there in the upper room uh, that there was a need to replace Judas Iscariot. It says in first Acts chapter 1, verse 15, that in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, and said, and then it says the number of the names together, about 120, men and brother, this scripture must have need to be fulfilled. This scripture. It tells us that while they were in this upper room, yes, they were praying, they continued in prayer, but they also continued in the word. This was essential for the believer in the first century after the Lord Jesus Christ ascended. The word of God and prayer. It tells us 
in Acts chapter 6 that the apostles had an issue. There were a group of people that were being discriminated against. They said, we would not leave the word of God to serve tables. But we would continue in Acts chapter 6 verse 4 to give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. This was essential. It was important. It was needed. This is why it was increasing. In Acts chapter 8, after Stephen was martyred and stoned to death, it says that all the believers in Jerusalem were dispersed and scattered, and they went everywhere preaching the word. That's what they did. They took the most important thing and they they spread it rapidly all over the place. This was the thing that held them together. This was the nucleus. And this is the thing that we need. We need the word of God to increase in our lives. We need that for this upcoming year. We need that for what God wants to do. We need the word to increase, to become greater, have a greater influence over us. We need it to spread. We need to touch other people with it. We need it to be a mighty fire of people with Bibles seeking the Lord. That's what we need. Gang, we should be saying in our hearts, that's what we want. Listen, they were very effective in the book of Acts. It seems that there in Jerusalem, they were growing uh, so fast, exponentially, it was, it was bursting out the seams. 2,000 here, 3,000 there. I mean, this, this place was growing, and they weren't looking for a mega church. They were just they were pressing into the Lord. But see, the effectiveness of a ministry depends. It depends solely on the effectiveness of the word of God in our lives. This is why Acts 2.42 says that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. The word was central. And we cannot let the word be diminished in our lives if we want to have any impact. Three ways we'll see this morning. Three ways we will see how the word of God can be increased. In this, and they all happen through different circumstances. In Acts chapter 6 verse 7 when it says in the word of God increase. The circumstances was there is that it increased in the forming of unity. That there was a problem. There was discord among the brethren. And as the Holy Spirit brought those believers back together to have a measure of like-mindedness, the Word of God was able to increase, have a greater influence. In Acts chapter 12, verse 24, it was also in the face of trials that the Word of God grew and multiplied. It tells us that James was killed, beheaded by Herod. Peter was arrested, thrown into jail. And the believers could do the only thing that they knew to do. The thing that the Lord Jesus told them to do was to pray. The thing that the word tells us and reminds us to be anxious and worry about nothing instead. Pray about everything. 
And in the face of trials, the word of God can increase. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 20, also, it'll be the last place that we stop off here this morning. In the forsaking of sin, the word of God can grow greatly and prevail. Acts 19, Acts 19, 20 the word of God grew mightily and prevailed when sin was forsaken. If we can see these things, if we can understand these three different areas, and if we can apply our hearts the correct way, the biblical way, we can realize the word of God increasing in our lives beginning today and for 2020. There are benefits that come along with it, the word of God increasing. And we're going to see that as well. So let's look here in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. As we start off, it we said that the word of God increased, and then the number of the disciples were multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a, and a great company of the priests were also obedient as well. It started off in verse one of Acts chapter 6 that when the disciples were growing there became a problem that there was a murmuring and some of the believers were feeling like they were being mistreated there was a division a discord taking place among the believers and this this division was causing the believers to be separated it had potential to destroy the work of God. And so the apostles came together and they called the multitude and told them that it wasn't, it wasn't right, it's not fit, it's not proper for us to leave the word of God and serve tables. There's nothing wrong with serving, but these guys had their priorities in the right place. Those are, there's two of the hardest things to get people to do. The first thing is to get people to think the second thing is to get people to do things in the order of importance. Now, praise God that the Lord Jesus Christ helped these guys and they understood what was the most important thing. They didn't leave the tables to try to solve some cultural crisis. They, they didn't leave the word of God to go and solve some social injustice. They said the word of God is paramount. It is number one. We cannot do those things. Though those things are important, we cannot leave the Word of God to go and concentrate on that. They understood where they needed to focus. But yet, even in the midst of that wisdom and the priority that they had, they were able to make a sound decision. And they said, listen, you need to find among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Verse 3 whom we may appoint over this business. And the people at that instance began to choose out seven men. They, they chose out Stephen and Philip and a whole bunch of these guys um, to serve these tables to mitigate and correct this issue. But they said, we will give ourselves continually the prayer and the ministry of the word. We're going to concentrate on the things that God has called us to 
We're going to keep God's word as a priority. In the forming of unity, God's word can increase when we have a like mind. You see here that the brothers moving in the same direction created a a soil that was fertile for the word's multiplication in their lives. This is why we have to be like-minded with these things. We have to be thinking about the same things. We have to be praying about the same things, talking about the same things, like it tells us in Philippians chapter 2. Don't mind your own things, but think on the things of others. And he goes on to explain there in the book of Philippians about a man that is like-minded, that cares about the things that are Jesus Christ. When we have a like mind, when we're going in the same direction, that creates a, a ground that is so fertile that the seed of the word can germinate and grow and spread rapidly. But when we have discord and when we have differences of opinions and when we don't have the same standard in God's word, there's, there's going to be a stifling of what, what can occur and what can be possible. They all agreed that this was great what the, what the apostles came up with. They thought this was a great, was a great solution. And they found the men to take care of this issue. And so they were able to continue. And the word of God was able to increase. All we need is to be able to have this like mind. To agree that God's word is the final authority. We live in a day and age where there's just a lot of opinion. Well, I think that, that this is like this. Well, that's just your opinion. I think the word says this. And all these things, it doesn't really make any sense. We know deep in our hearts what the Holy Spirit is saying. If we would just listen. Now how, you know, you think about this, you get this, this like-mindedness and you can agree that the Word of God, how do you keep this thing going for it? How do you have this momentum where this thing is increasing and it's impacting? Well, one of the things here is that we have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. It was, it was a work of the Holy Spirit that allowed this thing, to, it was like the match that caused this thing to, to work so well. They said, choose out among yourselves men of honest reports as full of the Holy Spirit. Think about this. They needed these men to be full of the Holy Spirit just to serve the tables. They were just distributing the food. That's all they were doing, meeting the needs. But these had to be men that were full of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. Men that were overflowing with the Holy Spirit's power, influence, discernment, understanding. Walking in the Spirit, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit is how we keep momentum so that the Word of God can increase. I like what it says in Galatians chapter 5 and what it tells us about walking in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, 
It says in verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. These are all the things that the enemy uses to break us down, to separate us out, to stifle God's Word moving and working in our lives. That's what he wants. That's, what, that's his main goal. And he says here, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This is speaking of the cadence. It's a military term. It's keeping cadence. That was one of the hardest things that they taught us when I was in the military. That was, in fact, that was one of the first things that they taught us. Because they said, if they can walk together, they can think together, they can, they can be successful. They can pass all the tests together. And so the first the first thing that they taught us, the first precept was how to walk. You would think that would be the most easiest thing, gang. Let me tell you, that was hard. It was hard to be able to walk in step with 80 other people for a couple miles at a time. Very hard to do. And in Christ, that's also hard to do with the brethren, to walk in step, not just with the Holy Spirit, but with others in the Spirit of the Lord. It's hard to do that. Because we all have our own minds and the freedom that we have in Christ, sometimes it affords us opportunity to say, I'm going to just go walk over here. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just choose my own cadence, you know, to go as hard as them. I don't have to be as, as solid as they are and as consistent. You know, God, is, God has given us freedom and I don't have to read the word every single day and I don't have to memorize the text and I don't have to, and all these things and it causes us to get out of step with one another. But if we keep in step with the Spirit of the Lord, we can keep momentum. And in that momentum, the Word of God can grow. It can increase in our lives. Isn't that one of the issues with a new year? People make resolutions. And then what happens? You got some momentum in the beginning. And so you start out well. You're going to the gym three days a week. Something occurs in February. By the time March hits, that resolution is long and gone. There's no more momentum. So what I'm talking about here is not, a, I'm not trying to give you a pep talk. I don't want to stir you up and you're just ready like, yes, let's do it. And then by the time January gets here, we're, we're just back in our own ways. What I'm saying is that we need to rely upon the spirit of the living God to give us the momentum so that the word of God can increase in our lives. That's what we need. And here it tells us the, the byproducts of the word of God increasing. Because when the word increased now, it was becoming greater and more effective. And people were holding to God's word and trusting in God's word and reading God's word and spreading God's word and memorizing God's word. It says two things. Number one, the number of the disciples multiplied. The number of the disciples abounded as if they needed to grow anymore. They were already bursting at the seams. They were already growing exponentially. But yet, this is a byproduct of the Word of God increasing. Because 
each one receives and then each one teaches one and next thing you know someone else is desiring the word of God and they're reading it and they're spreading it and they're saying did you know that the scriptures say this and they're showing someone else the answers and the solutions and it just spreads 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 the number of the disciples exploded it abounded when the word of God increased growth is a bright is a byproduct spiritual growth and maybe even the Lord added to the church daily that as well but you know what I I really don't want my ministry's success what God does with me, what God has called me to do, I don't want my ministry success to be hung on numbers. Because numbers are not the only thing. I think it was D.L. Moody said that we, we not only need to uh, count every disciple, but we, we also need to determine whether or not these people are really in the faith. It's not really about the numbers. It's about whether or not people are growing deep with the Lord. Roots are growing down. I would very much not have and, and rather not have 500 people coming here if that means there are 500 people that are content to be in the shallow water with the Lord. I'll take just a few that are hungry and willing to go for the Lord. It's not really about, that's not ministry success, about the addition Ministry success is about the multiplication. That's, that's the depth and the deepness of people growing in the Lord. But this is what happened, and they exploded. The word of God increased, and they just exploded. This has become the main thing. And the second thing was obedience. It says a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. This means that prior to this, the priests, they, they, they didn't look at the gospel and think that this good news about the Lord Jesus Christ was the most important thing. They, they held on to the law. They held on to uh, the law of Moses and, and, and the writings of the prophets. and Not this, this good news. But now many of the priests were coming to the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Many of the religious people were becoming obedient. It was no longer that they just had the form of godliness. Now they had the power too. This is real impact. This is when the word of God increases. This is what can happen. Religious people become godly people and fervent people. People that God can use. I like in the Life, Applica Life Application Bible and their commentary on this verse, I thought it was really a really good illustration. But it says that the word increasing here in verse 7 was like ripples in a lake with each wave touching the next. You ever throw a stone into a lake that was completely calm, a body of water, and then it just causes a ripple. And it seems like it goes on forever and ever. Each wave touching the next. Similarly, you don't have to change the world single-handedly. It is enough to just be part of the wave touching those around you who in turn will touch others until all have felt the movement. When the word of God is increasing in me individually, 
then it can increase in someone else. And then it, it turns into a corporate thing. Now it's spreading rapidly. And other people are being touched by that same word. And they are picking up their Bibles and they're reading and they're sharing with someone else and they're taking them to the text. And it just becomes a mighty river of justice, as the Lord says. This is what we need. And I want to challenge you to be like-minded this upcoming year, 2020, where the Word of God is everything. And it takes the top priority in your life. That means you get up in the morning, you're reading the text. That means that you don't desire to miss any days with the Word of God. That you will be the person, as it describes in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, who meditates on it day and night. Which is also the person that has great success, as it tells us in the, in the scripture. Joshua 1, 8. You'll be that person for this upcoming year. And that the word will increase through you and it'll touch you and it'll reach someone else. If you don't take it to work, that you'll take the Bible with you to work. That you'll always have it ready, just in case someone needs it. Just in case you run into an issue and you need it. That this book would be everything to you. This is what we need, gang. This is what we need for the new year. Not some resolution, some idea. We need the word. We need God's word. And the second thing I mentioned that we see here in the book of Acts is chapter 12. Turn over there with me. Acts chapter 12. Because in chapter 12, uh, it represents a, a change to this ministry here in Jerusalem. We know from chapter 11 that they were experiencing about a great uh, poverty and there were many needs in the church and so the church at Antioch uh, came together to put a an offering together for the saints in Jerusalem as relief because they didn't have much in those days and and they went uh, to go help them out but right at that same moment in which they had needs physically there was also an outward persecution and tribulation trials and we don't often think that in the face and in the situation of trials that the Word of God can increase and anything good can happen. Because normally a trial is associated with losing something, not gaining something. We don't look at it like that. When you're in a trial, something has been lost. We don't look at it as an opportunity to gain something. It's very unnatural to do that. Oh, yes, my tire went flat. This is going to be a blessing for me. Nobody's thinking like that. And if you have issues and you have needs and trials happen and things come in your life, the first thought that comes to your mind is like, this doesn't make any sense. Maybe I'm not in the right place. Maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Maybe the Lord is upset with me. Maybe this is just nothing is working out for me. But even in those times, there's an opportunity for the word of God to increase and to grow and something good to occur. 
You see, trials coupled with the word for the believer is able to produce a lot of fruit. Not reduce fruit from our lives, but to produce fruit in our lives. It tells us in uh, the book of Romans, one book over in chapter 5, about trials and when they occur in our lives. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation produces endurance. And endurance, and some of your Bibles has it translated patience there, and patience or endurance, it, it brings forth experience, and experience hope, and hope does not make you ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Trials have a potential to produce fruit in our lives, and fruit for the Word of God to germinate and explode. Now the believers here, they were hearing the news that James had been beheaded. Beheaded, He was killed with the sword by Herod. And Herod was trying to just please the Jews. So he took Peter and threw him in prison and was likely probably to give him the same result that James had. This is that James as the brother of John, the sons of thunder, the Lord nicknamed them. This was that guy. And so Peter was next, but yet the believers, the believers rose up. As he was in prison, it tells us that prayer, in verse 5 of Acts chapter 12, prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. They were praying for They were praying without ceasing, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Instead of worrying, they prayed about everything, as it says in the book of Philippians. They were praying. Philippians chapter 4. They were praying about everything. Not anxious, but praying. This is what we need. We need to remember the word of God. Even in the midst of the trials. The promises of God. The things that God speaks to those. Who are falling under the promises of those in faith. We can claim all of those things. It's through the trials. You see, it's through the, 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 the trial in which we apply the Word of God and we stand in it. And when we do that, the Word of God actually becomes greater in our lives. It becomes more influential. We learn to have a stronger dependence upon His Word when God does stuff for you. When God meets your need, when you prayed about something and he brings it to pass, it should cause us to go back and think and say, man, I need to trust the Lord more. He hears me. And if I don't have the thing that I prayed for and I asked, it's okay. Maybe it's not the right time. You heard it said that there's just three answers. It's yes, no, or wait. And if God is not saying no, then, and he's not saying yes, then he just wants us to wait. Trust his word. The believers were praying and they were waiting. And finally the Lord answered and he sent an angel in verse 7 that came in and woke Peter up and told him to let's go. And he opened up the gates and let him out of the prison. 
and led him back to that house. And, and Peter told him what happened. The Lord saved him miraculously. And then Herod, of course, he thinks he's a god and he dies and the Lord smites them with a disease and he goes down. But it tells us and it records for us in verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Again, the word was growing. And in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of persecutions, in the midst of difficulties, the word of God has a chance to grow. We have a chance to grow. Our endurance has a chance to grow. That's why we got to hold on to this word. In Psalm 119, verse 67, the psalmist said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. That's what the psalmist said. It's the word that we need. It's the word that will keep us grounded in the midst of the difficulty. In Psalm 119, 114, the psalmist said, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I hope in your word. This is where, this is where it's going to drive us, back to the word of God. This is where it needs to drive us. And so... In the, in the forming of unity in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, the believers coming together, being like-minded, and even in the face of trials, the Word of God can increase in our lives. I know we want a life that's without trials. I do too. I want it. I'm telling you guys. I'm always saying, you know the saying, you know, you're either going into a trial, you're in the midst of the trial, or you're coming out of a trial. And I, I always like to stay with the latter. I'm always coming out of a trial. You know, thinking that I can fool myself. You know, the Lord probably just laughs at this guy. But we need the trials of life because they, they produce endurance. And they help us to last, guys. And that, listen, lasting fruit, that's the key. It's not about, you know, springing up quickly. That was the issue with the soils. If you look at the book of Mark, chapter 2, uh, you see the the soils, the parable that the Lord gave about the four soils, and one of them fell on, uh, some of the soil fell on hard ground, and then some of the soil fell on, on a ground with some rocks, and it said it sprang up quickly. In fact, it just went up so fast, you would think that that was fruit. But guess what? When the sun came and scorched that plant that grew up, it died and withered quickly because it had no root, it had no depthness. That's what it says that's what the text tells us. That's what the Lord said. It, it could not last. It couldn't survive because it had no endurance. Hebrews chapter 10. The writer says, you have need of endurance. That after you have done the will of God, you, you'll be rewarded. You have need of endurance. I have need of endurance. We need endurance. We need lasting fruit, guys. I'm not talking about two years, three years. I'm 50 years, a generation. Passed on to other children. We need lasting fruit. 
a lasting ministry of the Word in our lives, in our families. This is what we need. I remember seeing an interview with Pastor Tony Evans and his dad. And Pastor Tony was saying how his dad was committed to the Word of God. He said his dad, he had to do a lot when they were growing up and they didn't have much. But the one thing that his dad passed on was a commitment to the Word of God. That's why we see that in, in the ministry of Tony Evans and what God is doing with him and those people there that they committed to the Word of God. And it was generational, it was passed down. This is what we need. The trials, the difficulties, the circumstances, they help us to have endurance. They help it to last. We need it to last. And here, it was growing. It was multiplying. It was abounding. Even in the midst of their circumstances, they, they had needs. That's why they were getting relief. And then they had outward persecutions. But the word was still growing. It was increasing in their lives. These things are written here strategically and are very important. This, these are not haphazard verses and words that God put these here strategically. He wanted us to see this. Lastly, turn over with me to Acts chapter 19, verse 20. We find ourselves in Acts 19 in a place called Ephesus. In this place, uh, God was using Paul in such a great way, so much so that it tells us that in verse 10 that Paul was teaching daily in this school called, of, of a guy that owned it called Tyrannus, and it says it continued by space of two years, that all they which dwelt in Asia, or Asia Minor, that is modern-day Turkey, they heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. He says that all of Asia Minor heard the word in that space of two years. And God was doing miraculous things. He was doing miraculous things with the church there, with the believers, with Paul. But then there were some, some uh, people, these seven sons of Siva. They saw the work that was going on, and they saw the Lord moving, and they decided that they wanted to do something about it too. They, they were exorcists, and they, they wanted to dabble in the spiritual things. But they didn't really want a commitment with the Lord Jesus. They just wanted some of the fruits. It's like William Still said, the whole world wants Christian fruits but no roots, just cut flowers. They, they want the roses, but they don't want the rose tree. They don't want that. It takes too much work. You just want the fruit. This is how the seven sons of Siva were. They just wanted the fruit of that ministry that they saw. So they're going out there and trying to cast out demons and all this stuff, and they encounter a guy that was, that was uh, possessed, who said, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? And he beat up those, those guys and they ran out humiliated. And it says in verse 17 that this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. 
And it says that fear fell on all of, all of them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Don't forget that there. That at, at the heart of any work, of anything that is being done, the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be the one lifted up. In fact, Acts, John chapter 16 says that the Spirit of the Lord, that's His main purpose for coming. It's to testify of the Lord. And it says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also would use curious arts. Verse 19 of Acts 19. They brought their books together and burned them all before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Again, word of God growing mightily, vigorously, incessantly. It is moving in hearts, taking control. When sin is forsaken, guys, when these guys gave up their arts, their magic, their darkness, their sorcery, when they put down that stuff and they burned them and they got rid of the sin in their lives, the Word of God was able to increase magnanimously, mightily. Sin, the sin's only aim is to choke the word, is to diminish the fruit in our lives. Back there in Mark chapter 2, when the Lord Jesus was talking about the parables of the soil, he said that when that one seed grows up with the thorns, the thorns choke out the word. The things of this life, the cares of the world, the riches, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, all the things that we see, that we feel, that we experience here in this world. The aim of them is to choke out the word. They want to choke it out so that no fruit can be born in your life and my life. This is why sin has to be forsaken. We cannot mix the word of God and sin. It only produces a counterfeit faith. That's what the seven sons of Siva had, a counterfeit faith. They were attempting to dabble into the spiritual things without an authentic faith. And there was no power. There was none. And it was the same old stuff. We don't need that for 2020. We don't need the same old stuff. We need power. Vigorous power. When, when you come in a room, the Spirit of the Lord and God's glory is exuding from you with such brightness. That's the type of power we need. We need the influence of the word to be so strong, like when Moses came down from the mountain and he had upon him the Shekinah glory from being in God's presence. And he had to put a veil over his face. People were so scared because of the time that he spent with the Lord. I was rubbing off on him. 
We needed to be like the priests that would go into the temple, into the inner sanctuary with the incense and the, and the oils for the Lord coming out smelling just like it. When you come around, that's what they smell. That's what they see. And they only have two choices. They either run or they run to you. They run away from you or run to you. We need this for 2020. We don't want the same old tired walks with the Lord. We want something more vigorous. So sin must be forsaken. Because when sin was forsaken, an even greater work occurred in Ephesus. We know that this is a mighty church. It was a letter written to them in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. That told them that they were given every spiritual blessing in the heavens. This was a, a group that really received a generous portion from the Lord. God gave them some apostles, some pastors and teachers, some evangelists. He gave them people to help equip for the work of the ministry. So much so that in the book of Revelation chapter 2, they were even mentioned. The church there in Ephesus. But they had a lot of works. We need to remember this. This needs to be part of us. We want the word to grow. We want the word to prevail. Not just in our lives, but others. Guys, we may not think that people need the Lord, but they do. We're living in a time where people need answers. Will you be the person that has the answers for them? It's all going to depend on how the word of God is working in you and through you. Word of God increase. We saw in Acts chapter 6 verse 7 in the increasing and the forming of unity it was able to increase when the brothers were like-minded. We saw in Acts 12 24 in the face of trials the word of God was still increasing. And even here in Acts 19 20 in the forsaken of sin. You see in the absence of sin the word of God has its greatest effectiveness. And we experience our greatest usefulness. That's why we got to forsake the things that are not helpful in our lives. I like how Matthew Henry said, the more that the church was afflicted, the more it multiplied. Satan thought that he could come against the church and destroy it, but yet they just kept growing. We saw that same principle occur in the book of Exodus. Pharaoh was so upset with what was going on with the Hebrews. They just kept increasing. So he kept being harsh. And the more harsh that he was to them, the more they increased. I want to close out with this verse here in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 19, it tells us, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ 
depart from iniquity. Leave sin. And right after that, the writer goes into speaking that in a great house that are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, some to dishonor. But if a man purge himself from these, he should be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and fit for the master's use, and prepared for every good work. Gang, this is really it right here. This is where we need to be. We need the word of God increasing in our lives so we could be used to a greater degree. So God could use us in such a miraculous way. And not for us, but for him. So when we stand in eternity, it won't be with shame, but with much jubilation, much excitement, much joy. Because we could say we did what he's called us to do, that we were faithful, Lord. And he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. For 2020, let's let this year be the year of increase. Increase of the word of God. That it would increase in our lives. And God will use us to touch other people. And it would increase in their lives. And they would touch more people. And it would increase. And they will just keep going. It will keep multiplying. Let's let that be our resolution. We would like for you to stay in touch and up to date with us. Follow us on Twitter at CC underscore Valdosta and visit our website at ccvaldosta.weebly.com for additional information about Calvary Chapel Valdosta and an archive of previous sermons. You can reach us by phone at 301-395-3382. Calvary Chapel Valdosta is a fellowship of believers committed to the study of the Word of God and seeking the things that are Jesus Christ's. Let us now end in prayer. Let's pray together. And I thank you, Father, for this word. And I thank you for these three instances in the book of Acts. So strategic. So meticulously placed for our learning, for our edification, for our building up. We need this, Lord. And so I pray that you would allow your word to increase in our lives. Many of us are in different areas. Some of us are like-minded. Some of us are going through trials. Some of us are still dealing with sin. I pray, Lord, that you would allow this day to be the day that the word of God prevails in our life, in our lives. And Lord, give us a, a greater hunger, a greater thirst for your word. Allow our hearts to burn within us when we read it. And we will yearn for it. We know it's something that you can do, Lord. We pray you put it in our hearts right now. Will you help us to be obedient to these things, Lord? And we will give all the glory back to you. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And this is what we're praying in Jesus' name. Amen.